Go ahead and take a seat, y'all. There we go. There we go. Wow. Praise God. Hey, I want to state a few obvious things to get us started. First off, it was weird for me to sit you down because usually I'm the preacher who says remain, seated, remain standing so that I, we can all read the word together, right? Today's going to be a little bit unique. We just ended James, and I want to enter us into two weekends where we will slow down and we will come to remember and enjoy that God is all that we need. Amen? Christmas season is just different. December is just different. For some of us, it doesn't feel like Christmas is coming. For some of us, it's full of hurry and worry and traveling to extended family gatherings and expectations to fulfill and have an awesome time. For some of us, it's full of loneliness. Some of us are genuinely carrying into December 25th the memories to cherish of our lost loved ones. Or if we're single and getting older, every year that hits with our birthday, we're thinking, God, when will you provide companionship? And this December, as we gather with families, it's very easy to fall into sulking for ourselves, to being overwhelmed. And here's the danger of wherever we are on the spectrum this morning, is that if we do not address those issues, then we will get into January more weary and exhausted than now. If we do not genuinely bring those things to God, then we will become bitter. But here's the good news, church. Regardless of where we are in anticipation of December 25th, the solution is pretty simple. And it's not to jump to an extreme and say, in-laws, I'm sorry, we can't make it. It's just easier not to go there. It's not to unclutter ourselves of obligation. Some of you are smiling because genuinely you may not enjoy your in-laws. I happen to, just for the record. I love my in-laws. That's not primarily my issue. The solution, regardless of where we are in the spectrum, is to slow down and remember, remind our souls in particular in December that Jesus is our Lord and in him we have everything we need. Everything that we need is in Christ. And if that happens, if we truly believe that, it will bring us contentment. And contentment in this season will be our guard against disappointment, against loneliness, against frustration, against hurriedness. And if God is all that we need, then we will be content in our busyness. If God is all that we need, then we will truly not feel alone. If God is all that we need, he will bring us contentment in our finances, reminding us that our presence with a C, not a T, is what matters most to our kids. So what we're going to do today and next Sunday is study Psalm 23. We're in this passage in particular because it's reflective and deep. It makes us slow down and consider how uniquely that God cares for us. That among all of the 8 billion souls out there, for whoever is his church, meaning you have put your trust in Christ, he has a unique shepherd's eye for you. My prayer is that this word would burn in our souls, church. That it would burn in our hearts and it would carry us through the month of December. That we would arrive on Christmas Day with an intact awe of God and his first arrival. 
And then after that, we would show up into the new year saying, God, I hunger and thirst for more. What I'm proposing is supernatural, church. What I am proposing, we cannot do and strive in our own strength. It must come by the Spirit's power in our surrender. Let's pray. God, would you restore, fulfill our needs, pouring out how glorious that you are. God, would you strengthen us, regardless of how we are going into December 25th. God, you are the greatest shepherd. You fulfill every need. Would that be our rally cry throughout December? You are our shepherd. We have everything that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So this morning I'm going to cover half of Psalm 23. King David is the writer, but he was, before he became a king, he was a shepherd of herds of flock. And in this passage and in this psalm, he touches on the unique relationship of how God is a shepherd to us sheep as humans. And he will point out how different a shepherd's care is for us sheep. And as sheep, in return, as we go through this passage, it will become painstakingly evident that we have many, many needs that need to be met, just as sheep do. So we're going to read the text together, and then I'm going to teach. But as I read, I just want to invite you to close your eyes and imagine you being led by God as your shepherd. We can read through a passage like we do every Sunday. This one is unique because it's powerful imagery. So I invite you now as I read this psalm to close your eyes and imagine God as your shepherd guiding you through different scenes. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Feel free to open up your eyes, church. What a powerful image of how dependent we are of how needy that we are, like sheep, of the presence and care of God, our shepherd. So as we go through this Christmas season, what we need most is a remembrance that with God as our shepherd, we have everything that we need. We're going to go through and pick apart each verse until it resonates with our soul. So let's look at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. David wants to brag on God's care for him. But know with me, church, he doesn't go about this by bringing up that God is his father, although that's true. He doesn't go about this by bringing up that God is his friend, although it's true. He goes about it by bringing up God as his shepherd. You see, with David as a former shepherd, he understood the unique care that shepherds give 
to their sheep. It was more indifferent than fathers do for their sons. It was more indifferent than a friend would do for another friend. Shepherds do almost everything for sheep. They do almost everything for the sheep. And it's because sheep are one of the most vulnerable animals out there. Therefore, they are the most needy animals in creation. So he calls the Lord his shepherd as a way of expressing how God fulfills all of our needs. But in order for us to experience the depth of God's care for each and every one of us, we must realize how needy we are like sheep. So let's read on to see ourselves in these sheep that David's talking about and see what God brings about of an awareness of how needy we are and yet how good God is as a shepherd as he fulfills all of our needs. Verse 2, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Sheep, just as we do, need rest. Another translation says it this way, and it may be familiar to you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But sheep won't just lie down unless four requirements are met. They must, one, be free of all fear. Two, be free of all conflict. Number three, be free from all irritants like parasites and flies. So the shepherd will anoint the earlobe of the sheep in order to protect them. And they must be free of all hunger. In other words, church, everything must be perfect in order for this sheep to rest. Does that sound familiar to you? Does it kind of look like the person that you see back in the mirror? (laughs) Essentially, that is the uniqueness of how needy we are and sheep are. And what makes them more needy, here's the thing, church, is that only a shepherd can fulfill each one of those needs. Only the shepherd can step into the herd and provide peace when the sheep are in conflict. Only the shepherd can protect them from irritants, like I described earlier. And only the shepherd can lead them to food and clean water. Why? Because sheep are unbelievably scared. They are easily scared. They have this keen sense of hearing. They have a wide peripheral vision, but then they have terrible depth perception. So then they have no discernment. When they hear everything and see everything, they don't know how close a potential threat is to them. In church, in a similar way, we get easily anxious because of a lack of discernment. We see the news and become anxious only to see that what we made a bigger deal out of actually didn't happen. We are hit by anxiety at work only to see that it wasn't a big deal. And just like sheep, we cannot make ourselves rest. We can't make ourselves lie down. No amount of workouts, no amount of worldly types of therapy can get rid of our anxiety. Only our good shepherd can. Philippians says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. It is only when we hand over control to our creator that he will then hand over to us peace. 
rest that we're all looking for. Church, the rest that we need in this Christmas season is found in God. It's found in God. It's found when we sit down and we stop allowing our schedule to throw us to and fro. We stop coming back home and allowing the desires of our heart and and tiredness to dictate what we put our eyes on. Instead, we put our foot in the ground. We margin time to spend with our shepherd and he provides us rest. God is a gentleman of a God. He will not force rest upon us, church. What he will do is he will see the desires of our heart and usually what happens, that calls us to action and we will pray instead of being despondent. There will be something that we do, a plea of our heart to say, God, I want more of you. I am tired of being weary in this season. I need your rest. Church, we are needy. No one likes to be the needy person in the family, but each and every born-again person here is needy. But bless the Lord that in him, he fulfills all of our needs. Amen? So let's read on in the text to see what else that God provides. Verse three, he renews my strength. Another translation says it this way, he restores my soul. Sheep need continual restoration. It's not just one restoration, it's a continual restoration. This happens when a sheep ends up on its back and the shepherd must restore it by placing it upright. This happens because sheep can't get up by themselves. When a sheep ends up on its back, it is known as cast. And the danger of being a cast sheep is that they will eventually die within hours or within days unless a good shepherd comes alongside them, rolls them on their side, and places them upright. And the frequency in which a sheep of a herd goes cast varies. It can be one sheep going cast every other day, and another once a week or every day. The shepherd has a tall task of overseeing each and every individual sheep to make sure that if we go cast, he is there with punctuality. Church, praise God that we have a good shepherd who was never late but always on time. And his heart is always to restore Some of us are on our backs in this season, weary from the Christmas season, and we're tired of getting back up on our own. And just like sheep, we can't pick ourselves back up. We can't white-knuckle it, pull up our bootstraps, and work our way out of weariness. But if we call on our good shepherd, he will renew our strength. There ain't enough people in this church right now who believe it. So guess what? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But church, here's good news. Those who trust in the Lord will find their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I don't know if there are people out there who are weary in this season, but that's a word for you. That's a word for the weary in this room who are tired of being sick and tired. 
And the only way to not be tired is for us to run to the cross. And there we will experience his strength. Church, the strength that we need in this season is found in God. We are needy sheep, but bless the Lord that in him he fulfills our needs. Let's read on to this final section, Psalm 23, verse 3. Forgive me for my emotions there. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Sheep need heavy guidance because they're senseless. In other words, they're dumb. They don't know much of their surroundings. They are one of the few animals that don't have an internal GPS built into them. In 2015, just by way of illustration, um, in Turkey, these herdsmen and shepherds, they collectively took a break and had breakfast while they let their 1,500 uh, sheep hang out. Well, they grazed eventually off of a cliff. And their breakfast was interrupted by sheep jumping. All 15, like 1,500's a lot, guys. 1,500 sheep just jumping off willingly. <laughs> one after another. And the reason it happened was because one sheep jumped off. And then the next one just followed and they jumped off too. That's how directionless and dumb that sheep are. And in a similar way, in our humanity, we are prone to wander. We start grazing the consumerism from Black Friday until now. We graze into sulking because we don't have a companion. We graze into being busy, busy, busy and never sitting back to say, God, God, you're my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And then come January, we sit down finally to take a breath. After we put all the kids back into the school, Christmas breaks over, and we wonder why we feel so distant from God. As the infamous hymn goes, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it with thy spirit from above. The only way to stop our wandering heart in this season in particular is to ask God the Holy Spirit to restore to us the joy of our salvation. Psalm 51 reads, verse 10 through 12, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal, hallelujah, a loyal spirit within me that I would not wander. Do not banish me from your, your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Church, why I got so compassionate was because I'm coming out of a weary two weeks. I had unmet expectations that I came in with um, last Sunday. And I didn't even want to be here. I know you can relate. You have those Sundays. I didn't even want to be here. Wasn't in awe of who God is. And it was because prior to me showing up, it was two weeks of me not taking those unmet expectations to God in order to process them. And then I ended up pushing it off to the side well, that caused just me to be despondent, worn out. And I spent most of my free time the last two weeks prior to last Sunday 
just surfing YouTube, finding entertainment, trying to find rest and variety of things other than going to God with my actual issues that were burdening me. And so I show up here last Sunday, and uh, as my mother-in-law says, fake it till you make it, try to do my best. I can't do it that well. Um, I was grateful for God's grace in moments that I got to lead certain things last week here. But I went to sleep thinking, I am so stinking tired of being tired. God, I want to take this to you. I wake up on Monday. I sit down, and it's the classic situation. I open up my Bible, get straight to it, read some things, read some passages, like nothing. There was nothing that spoke to me, nothing that came alive in me. It's early in the morning, and I feel like I'm wasting my time. But where else am I to go, church? Am I to go back to the way that I was living so I would get up here and fake it in front of you guys? I can't live like that after I've experienced the goodness of the shepherd. So I said, I'm just going to sit down. Did the very uncomfortable thing of just being still and not thinking. And so after a minute or so of just being there, Psalm 51 came to mind. I opened it up. And God met me there. All of the unmet expectations, the way that I handled them, I felt a sorrow over. Because the whole time, I didn't have to live that way. I could genuinely bring it to the Lord and he would take care of my needs and provide me with strength, provision, and perspective on these matters. And so there I was. I found myself reading, Don't banish me from your presence, O God. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And there was just this little seed of faith and hope in my heart again on Monday. And I felt God's presence for the first time in a couple weeks. And I'm happy to report to you that that continued to grow as I pursued him, margin time for him, and allowed him to shepherd me. I knew I was wandering. He was looking for me to look up. And by God's grace, I'm standing here saying, God wants to do the same in your life, church. Regardless of where you are, if you're, if you're in a worshipful place, praise God. You're just more aware of how needy you are and praise him for that. But for anyone else on that spectrum of what's happening in our souls right now during Christmas, God wants to restore to you the joy. The joy. We should be happy regardless of circumstance because we're born again. On my worst day, as the song says, I'm a child of God. And on my best day, I'm a child of God. Every day is a good day. Church, we're all prone to wander from the shepherd that we love. And his guidance is always a quiet time away. And when he guides us back, it's always, catch this church, to bring honor to his name. Verse 3 again. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. In other words, God provides rest, restoration, and guidance, not because we've earned it, but because we're fragile. And out of his compassion for us, God provides for our deepest needs. And he does this because he's good in character. good in character and has good will towards us. This was proven 2,000 years ago when Jesus fulfilled our greatest need ever. 
It was to give us a chance to be made right with God and to be restored into a right relationship with our creator, with our shepherd. He did this when he died. He did this when he rose again. He did this when he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he did this when he sent his Holy Spirit to anyone who believes. And it's not because of our goodness. It is because of his goodness. It's, be, it's for his name's sake. It's not so that we would brag about how I had a quiet time and now I'm feeling great. It's to brag on our good shepherd that whoever we would come into contact with, it happens to be so me with y'all this morning, I would be able to say that God is good and his mercies are new for each and every one of us today and each and every day. And we don't have to take it from Satan in our flesh every morning. We can put a foot in, our ground, in the ground and say, God, you are my good shepherd. I have everything that I need. Church, God wants to restore you back to the joy of your salvation, to guide us away from wandering. And he wants to give us rest as the band comes up right now. He provided for our greatest need when we first believed, and surely he will do it again. Let's let him do it. Let's allow the God of the universe to fulfill our needs. If we don't, church, we will remain hurried, lonely, and disappointed and frustrated. The choice is ours. His choice is to fulfill each of our needs for his name's sake. And for my friend who is not a Christian yet, I was like you for 19 years of my life. You are missing out. You are missing out on having your needs fulfilled by your creator. The fact that you have anxiety is your soul telling you that you need to be restored to God. The fact that you feel lonely is your soul telling you that you need companionship and it's found in God. The fact that you are weary is because your soul is telling you to find rest in God. This December doesn't have to be the normal December every year. It can be uniquely different if you're to turn away from running your life and turn towards God as your good shepherd. Right now I wanna pray, church. I wanna pray. <clears throat> so with our heads down and our eyes closed, um, I wanna address specifically the person who has not yet allowed your life to be run by God. You would say that you are not a Christian yet. I'm gonna pray a prayer that resembles the heart posture of a person who follows Jesus. All I want you to do is just listen. You're just listening. God, I have operated in selfishness. I've made my life about me. I am looking for purpose and I'm looking to be fulfilled. 
I recognize my sin and how it offends you. And God, I want a relationship with you. So I choose now to turn away from my selfish ways of life, thinking that all of those things, making life about me, would fulfill my greatest need. And I choose to surrender my will, my desires, my thoughts, my whole life to you. I don't know what that looks like, but I choose to do it right now. I am asking you, God, to fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. I'm asking to follow you for the first time in my life. Now, as everyone's head is bowed and eyes remain down, <clears throat> my friend, if you haven't followed Jesus and that resonates with your heart right now, then I'm going to pray that again. There's no power in this prayer. It is genuinely to give you an opportunity to follow Jesus. And it comes by turning away from running your life. So I'm gonna pray it again. And if you desire, if that resonated with your heart, and if you wanna follow Jesus for the first time in your life, then I want you to pray that silently or in your thought life as I pray it aloud. God, I am selfish. I have ran my life and I am left wanting. I choose to turn from you. Oh, turn away from sin and turn towards you. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Messiah and that you are the Savior. And I choose to follow you. Regardless of what that looks like, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. While everyone's eyes are still closed, church, and we're all looking down, I want to greet anyone in the church, if, <clears throat> men in the nest, if you wouldn't mind giving me a little bit of light here. Um, anyone who prayed that prayer for the very first time, I would love to greet you to the family. Go ahead and just raise your hand for me at this time. Go ahead and raise your hand for me and just leave it up. God, you see everyone who rose their hand who I cannot see. And I am thankful and grateful for you moving people more close to you in a saving relationship with you. God, thank you for your church. Would you fulfill our needs and would we be a church that trusts you as our good shepherd? Church, if you're in agreement, go ahead and give me an amen. Amen, amen. amen.